like to invite anybody who's 17 or younger to come and join me here. That includes you. I'm going to put it right here. Does that work? Come on up here. All right. 17 or younger. I come from Missouri. Have you ever heard of that place, Missouri? Out in the country, they say Missouri. It's the same place. Uh, I think it's on, isn't it? It's on. Yeah. There's a nickname for Missouri. Do you know what it is? Anybody? The show me state, they call it. I'm not sure why. You have to decide whether it's because we're slow and you have to show us or whether we're serious and we demand proof. But you can decide that for yourself about individual people from Missouri, including me, if you like. Now, have you heard the, the phrase, God has a plan? You've heard that phrase, right? What do you think that plan is? What's God's plan? People say it all the time. God has a plan, yes. God's plan is to love everybody and for have everyone love each other, you mean? That's God's plan. Yeah, that's a good element of it. What else is God's plan? What's the first, uh, first book of the Bible about? The first story in the Bible is about creation, right? So that's part of God's plan also. Yeah, help each other, do well, be happy. And our story, our stories, especially the stories in the Bible, are about what that plan is. What's God's plan? Now, here's another concept I want you to think about. Uh, in Missouri, we uh, are famous for our mules. A mule is kind of like a horse, but not exactly. And they're famous for being stubborn. And there's two ways to get a mule to move. Uh, when you want the mule to move, you, you always use some rather colorful language, which I won't repeat in the sanctuary. But there are two basic ways to uh, make the mule go. One is a carrot and one is a stick. And a carrot you put in front of the mule and it wants the carrot and it goes towards the carrot and it moves. The stick you put in the southbound end of a northbound mule and um, strike the mule and it goes because it doesn't want to be struck anymore. Now, which do you think is a better? Yes. You like the carrot. Yeah, me too. For instance, you. Uh, do you respond better to uh, stern lectures or a reward? A reward. a reward, right? Candy or some reward. It's the reward and punishment. The punishment is the stick and the reward is the carrot. Some clever farmers uh, hang a carrot on a stick out in front of the mule and the, the mule never reaches the carrot, but it thinks it does, at least for a while. Anyway, that's what we do in Missouri. And perhaps this is a good way to look at the Old Testament up against the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, we hear the story of, of uh, Moses, and he gets the information from God on a dark mountain, and God is always uh, seen as someone who is going to save us, help us, work with us, but also lots of punishment. Now, the story in the New Testament that we heard today is very similar. Jesus goes up on a mountain. There's a cloud. He's shining just like Moses was. All kinds of similarities. But Jesus comes back with the news that 
love will work. Love is the carrot, as opposed to punishment. That's the stick. So in the older story, Moses is necessary as an intercessor, someone to be between us and God. Figure stuff out, interpret it, give it to us, and when we get it wrong, stick time. But Jesus comes down and says, I'm not just here, I'm not just here to, to mediate between you and God, to go between you and God. I am God, and now you've seen God. Even if you're from Missouri, you can't deny it any longer. You've seen the real thing face to face. Because what God realized was that our instincts are too strong. And if we don't have a sense of God really being here with us all the time, we'll just go back to our ways. We need living proof. So that's what God gave us in Jesus. Jesus doesn't interpret God. Jesus is God. And so the process went for God. God was involved in a process, creating God's self over and over and learning things and went from a, positive, from a negative reinforcement, the stick, to a positive reinforcement, the carrot. Jesus is the carrot. You can quote me on that if you like. Now, the psalm, did you hear the psalm that we were singing? Pretty rough stuff, huh? Would you say that that was a, um, an Old Testament stick type of psalm or a New Testament carrot? Yes. Stick, right? Exactly. You, know, you hesitated, but you knew it. Yeah. If you'll bear with me for a moment, is anyone here from Brooklyn? Ah, but you don't talk the way a lot of people talk in Brooklyn. The psalm is about um, what happens to people who mess up, even kings who mess up. It's a warning. Also, it makes fun of them, too. And it's something like, uh, why this tumult among the nations? This is how they say the psalm in Brooklyn. Among the peoples is useless murmuring. They rise up, the kings of the earth, princes, plot against the Lord's anointed. <laughs> Come, let us break their fetters. Come, let us cast off their yoke. Because he who sits in heaven, he laughs. The Lord is laughing them to scorn these people. Then he will speak in his anger, and his rage will strike them with terror. God says, it is I who have set up my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I'm going to announce the decree of the Lord here. The Lord says to me, you are my son. I have begotten you this day. Ask, and I shall bequeath you the nations. Put the ends of the earth at your fingertips. With an iron rod you shall break them. Shattered them like a potter's jaw. Oh, you kings, understand. Rulers of the earth, take warning. Serve the Lord with awe and trembling. Give him your homage, lest he become angry and you <laughs> perish. For suddenly his anger will blaze. They're happy if they put their trust in the Lord. That's tough stuff. A tough warning. Jesus doesn't act like that. He comes in a very different costume, but he bears a similar message, just a different style. Before, be afraid. Be afraid. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It says, oh, maybe 35 times in the, in the Old Testament. Jesus comes, and the angels above Bethlehem say to the shepherds, what do they say? What are the, oh, where's, uh, she's not here. The, what did the angels say? The first time he saw the shepherd or she saw the shepherd? Fear not. And today, Jesus says on the mountaintop, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus says, come, come unto me. My, 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's a lot different than, Oh, you kings, understand, lest you perish. It's different. That's what Jesus is doing for us. It's positive reinforcement. Fear not. Jesus' whole game is to get us not to live in fear. Of course, there's concern, worry in the sense of concern, but not dread, not fear. We live in faith, and that means we can live in love because we tend to hold on to our fears, fear of immigrants, fear of foreigners, fear of programs to make everybody in the country healthy, right? Anti-disestablishmentarianism, whatever that is. Figure that one out. It's a long word for fear. That's what it is. Basically, what we're afraid of is peace. Afraid of peace, and it seems strange. So Jesus tells us, fear not. And the story makes it clear that God is there with him, and therefore God is here with us. Jesus and Moses, they didn't need to be transfigured. They were already in good shape. God transfigures them for us, to show us, because we need proof. Even if we're not from Missouri, we want to be shown. God does it to them for us, so we can see for ourselves and let go of their fears, let go of our fears. I want to see, so God shows me. I don't try to live my life in love and kindness and with an attitude of helping others because I'm afraid not to. I try and live my life that way because Jesus has shown me that I can. I'm not, it's not that I'm afraid not to. It's because I want to. And Jesus shows me that I can. And when I fail, which I often do, Jesus assures me that I will be forgiven. So when we confess a little bit later, it's for anything we did during the week, and Julie will say, you're forgiven. Jesus forgives you. But you can do that all week long. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You can confess to God or to another person, and God will automatically forgive you. And Jesus is the living proof. All right, thank you.